How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's continue our conversation about are we alone in this universe? Um, so today, I actually want to talk about something um, I don't remember my first time. I think it was Unsolved Mysteries, actually, funny enough. When I was uh, younger, I watched and uh, just like Unsolved Mysteries, if you missed me talking about it, it's essentially a series that actually is on Netflix now. They rebooted it. Um, but uh, it's really what got me um, ex- like super into just different phenomena, like uh, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, all of that stuff, like an interest in it. I don't necessarily believe in a lot of different things. There's just a few things. And just Unsolved Mysteries was just great because like it went like through murder cases, unsolved cases and so that's why it was called unsolved mysteries and just like a lot of like it went from like real real world like like solved problems like murders that they were able to solve from like um people that would call in after watching the episode to like very extreme stuff like you know ghost sightings and and extraterrestrials and i don't believe in ghosts but you know i'm definitely fascinated by the idea of just like people that when they pass their um the the possibility that ghosts can be among us, but I don't believe it. But I was always fascinated by watching it on, on unsolved mysteries. And same thing about like aliens, and it would it would do some like alien segments here and there. But there was one I will just never, ever, ever forget because it. Um, I had to rewatch it. I was lucky, 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 uh, lucky enough to find it on YouTube, the short segment of this instance. But to this day, there's two believable stories that i've heard stories so this again tomorrow we're going to go into actually observational things and one of the people that does a documentation about what he saw in the military actually was seen and recorded by servicemen that later saw it that same day so it'll be kind of interconnected so these next two days we'll be talking about that but before i get into that side of the subject I do want to talk about my favorite belief. So there's two stories. Hands down, I truly believe. This one is crazy because it, it happened in 1964. And I, I believe this person passed away maybe like 10 years ago. But um, essentially, this happened. In, it was an event that happened in New Mexico. It was, it was a Friday, April 24th, 1964. A man by the name of Lonnie Samora who was a police officer in New Mexico, in Socorro, New Mexico. He was in pursuit of someone that was just, uh, he uh, like someone that was just like speeding, I guess. He was in a pursuit of this person. Um, he was chasing someone that was in a speeding car when all of a sudden he heard like some kind of loud roaring noise and he saw flames in the sky to the southwest of like the uh, the direction that he was going. And he, he claimed that he saw it like a half a mile or a mile away from him. And so he thought it was an emergency. He thought maybe it's like some, like a, a dynamite shack nearby had blown up or something bad possibly happened. So uh, he didn't see like any spacecraft or anything like that. He just saw all he remembers seeing was from the distance. He saw like some flames. And so he took off the pursuit of just this random person that was just speeding in New Mexico. It was like, whatever, who cares about this person? This is probably more important and... and Socorro, it's not like a really big area in New Mexico. 
And so he goes, he goes off to, uh, to, to see the source of this flame. When he finally gets there, he notices and he doesn't get very close. He kind of is at a distance. Uh, I think he claimed like he was like 200 yards away from the object. He like pulled over. But what he saw was essentially a white oval shaped craft. Not like the traditional UFO look. It looked almost like a sideways egg, like a sideways white egg. Uh, a little bit more uh, like ovular, like a little bit more like a uh, little bit leaner. So not so much like the the like the egg shape per se, but just imagine if you could squeeze an egg just a little bit. And he uh, he said that he saw this this uh, white craft. He didn't know what it was at the time. He thought it was a vehicle. To be honest, he thought it was like a car um, because he was he wasn't too close to the actual two hundred yards away. So he's like six hundred feet away, and he noticed two people in white co- uh, coveralls next to the craft. The craft was standing on four legs. So uh, it was elevated about a foot off the ground. The legs, they had four legs and four, imagine like four different corners of this egg, sideways egg. And there were two people that he saw. Nothing's unique about them. He didn't think that they were like different body shapes than, than, than people are. The only distinction that he realized was that these people were shorter than the average person. He thought maybe they were, like short people or like, you know, uh, tall kids. <clears throat> and as he goes to radio in to, um, to like dispatch to tell him like what, like, because originally he had said like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go. He called into dispatch as he was going to that scene. And he was letting them know that he was getting like pulling away from the car chase that he noticed an explosion and he was going to go check it out. And he goes and, Again, like when he sees, notices all of this, he calls in the dispatch to tell him like, hey, I'm going to get a little bit closer to ask these people like, you know, did they notice anything weird here? And in the middle of radioing into dispatch, he's not looking at the, the, the scene anymore. He's kind of like radio in. This is like old times, by the way. This is like 1964. So I'm assuming he probably needed to, he couldn't just like pick up the radio like nowadays, like how we have the technology. It's probably like he had to get in a car, you know, like do like dialing in or whatever. And... Um, or who knows? I don't know, I just, I'm just trying to envision what it was like for him. And it, and and the episode of Unsolved Mysteries actually, it was great because he did like a reenact. He d- himself did like the reenactment of like everything. Uh, obviously, like a lot of it was computer simulated of like what the craft looked like. But it gives you a really good idea. And honestly, I'm gonna link. Um, I'm not. I don't know if I can link directly to the YouTube. Um video of it but you could just look up Lonnie Samora on on YouTube uh Lonnie Samora unsolved mysteries just to see that segment I'm I'm probably going to just link the Wikipedia article and so essentially as he's radioing in all of a sudden he hears like a massive like loud roar noise and he sees like a flame uh like in the in the dis- like in the area of where this craft was and he freaks out he doesn't know what's going on i mean you put yourself in this position i mean even nowadays like if you saw this like thing at a distance you're like you take your eyes off of it for a second like he says for just a second all of a sudden he hears a loud noise and and it's just emanating from this area and so he freaks out he gets like behind his car and he could just hear like the ground vibrate and and the noise it's just super loud all of a sudden he stops hearing the noise 
And so he looks in the direction of the craft where it was, and all of a sudden he sees about 15 to 20 feet up above the ground, this craft hovering for a second in the area, no noise being made, no source of propulsion being made whatsoever, just hovering. And then it slowly starts to accelerate, and then it just dis- it accelerates super quickly. So he claims that it, it like slowly accelerated like up to like 100 feet, I believe it was. Uh, I don't have the article in front of me, but... Um, I try to re uh, like I try not to like be on the computer when I'm doing this podcast. I I see a lot more like when I watch podcasters, they tend to have computers in front of them, and they do look up this stuff. Uh, but normally they have like a producer that does it. But I guess you know I need to start being more comfortable. This is a side note, by the way. I need to be more comfortable about looking things up while I'm doing these podcasts because it's it would be great. I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna look it up. Um. So yeah, he says the object rose above his the level of his car about twenty to twenty five feet, and it was hovering there for a second, and then, um, and then yeah, it rose up to a distance of about like. Down the hill. This is probably why you don't do this. <laughs> It's because like now I'm being distracted by like this article trying to figure out like how far off the ground. Da-da. Okay, so he he just says the shack. Okay, so yeah, he says it's about like a ten to fifteen feet off the ground. It's hovering and then it just travels really fast away. Um, and it takes off across the country. So he doesn't say it goes up like straight up. It kind of goes like diagonally across the country and it disappears super quickly. He radios in what he sees to his dispatch dispatch. Um, uh, one of his actually uh, a colleague of his actually was coming up in the area because as he was radioing into dispatch, they had um, let another person know that, uh, you know, Lonnie is in this area. You should probably go check it out. He claims that blah, blah, blah. And so by the time he re-radioed into dispatch, his friend had arrived. And when his friend arrived, he noticed that Lonnie was just uh, like freaking out pretty much. Like he um, was like, hey, dude, calm down. Like what's going on? And then that's when Lonnie was like trying to like tell him like, dude, what I just saw and this and that. And finally he was able to kind of tell him exactly what had happened. They radioed this into dispatch. And um, finally the Air Force sent in some military personnel to uh, cordon off the area. So like they essentially wanted to investigate the area. And so the Air Force sends in a whole bunch of people. And I think the FBI, yeah. And then the FBI is sent in as well. They ask him a ton of questions. They, they, they notice in the area where this craft was supposed to be, they notice markings on the ground of four legs that were on the ground. Uh, they noticed like burn marks, but they couldn't, detail exactly what had caused the burn marks they tried to do like uh they took samples of like the stuff and normally these people are able to take samples of things that are burnt and tell you like the chemical composition of like the um the fuel that was used to burn that thing because it leaves a trace of the fuel technically on on the surrounding area they couldn't determine what it was but they did notice an area that was burnt off um in the in the vicinity where these legs were standing Lonnie said, by the way, when he had noticed a craft, 
that the the flames initially when before he like freaked out and like moved away from it, he caught a glimpse of it and he said the flames came out from the dead center of the craft at the very bottom of it. And on this, uh, when he noticed the craft hovering for a second, he noticed an insignia on the side of the aircraft. And you're gonna have to look up pictures of this, but essentially it was a red insignia. It was about uh, one feet to two feet uh, wide, like one and a half feet tall, two feet wide, in the middle of the white white. Uh, like imagine if you put this on the side of the white egg. And it was essentially like he described it as like a red arrow pointing up with a line underneath it, horizontal to the arrow pointing up. And then a like upside down U that went over the arrow to enclose the arrow pretty much. And he never got a glimpse, a close look of the the people. But again, he didn't describe them as like a weird shape. Like how most people would define an alien, like a super big head or weird arms or anything like that. No, it just looked like, you know, um, people air force does an investigation there was a uh, extraterrestrial investigation being done by the government at the time uh, something called the um the project blue book and so officers representing the air force's project blue book was investigating this as well they did a thorough investigation what was crazy too was that there were other additional eyewitnesses that had reported seeing a craft or something in the sky that was oval in shape that had um, multiple people that weren't related to Lonnie at the time um, had seen different instances of this craft in the area. And so it wasn't just coming from him. He had uh, he was a very straightforward officer. He was never that type of person that would give these extravagant uh, remarks. He was uh, considered by everyone in his coworkers to be very grounded of an individual and, um, you know, very trustworthy and never like looking to be in the spotlight. He just came in to do his job as a police officer. And so when I like when I heard the backstory, saw all the investigation, did a little bit more research on this, I was perplexed because a lot of this was uh, like very believable. Even like to this day, it's for a lot of people that normally do rebuttals or, or they claim like certain UFO sightings are, are hoaxes. To this day, it is almost impossible uh, to really uh, debunk what this guy saw. They try to claim like certain things, but again, it's like one of the hardest ones to, to debunk because almost everyone that had investigated Lonnie, like I mean, the military has sent like psychologists, psychiatrists, like trained professionals to determine if someone is lying or not. And, and there was physical evidence left over and eyewitness, uh, multiple eyewitnesses had seen something uh, fitting this guy's description. And at the end, I mean, to this day, and Project Blue Book, um, this it was like a project that was started in the early uh, in the early 50s that went on for a bit. It was essentially just investigating a ton of UFO sightings to see if there was any claimed like possibilities of actual extraterrestrials to exist. And they pretty much debunked almost all of them. Like all the things that went into Project Blue Book was pretty much debunked either via some explanation via science or um, just uh, other explanations that they were able to explain. But to this day, Lonnie Samora's um, entry into the Project Blue Book is still left as unknown. They're not sure. There's no explanation. There's absolutely no explanation for what he saw. So they just, they wrote unknown for his his case 
And so that's what got me so appealed to this because I was like, well, I mean, they pretty much solved a multitude of different claims that most people made, but for this one, they couldn't. And, but I mean, the, the, the shape of everything, it was just so believable because nothing seemed like too far fetched. It was like the aircraft didn't do anything crazy. He didn't like his background fit his, like the sightings. He didn't see like weird creatures. He just described the instance as best as he could. Even after the events, he never was like trying to be in the spotlight, continue doing his job. And, and sometimes, you know, UFO crazy people that want to like, you know, he would sometimes maybe like explain the story to them, anyone that wanted to hear about it, but he never put any emphasis in it. He just, it wasn't his thing. This happened in 1964. We fast forward um, into 2004. 2004, this happens off the West Coast of the United States. Um, I'm going to, you're going to hear this guy's name a lot. And if you saw his podcast with, um, Joe Rogan, it was phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Um, a man by the name of commander Fravor, who was the, uh, squadron leader of a, uh, what was the aircraft F 18, uh, super Hornets, uh, and the battle cruiser are like in the, the not battle cruiser, but like the. And his squadron, he was like the head of his squadron. So like, I mean, like this guy reported only to like the heads of like the, the, like the, the ship that he was on. And that was it. Like this guy had no one that he needed to answer to pretty much when he was flying. Um, everyone out, like all, all airmen that was in his squadron had to report to him. So this guy is a super credible person. I mean, this is like, imagine like as if like, I don't know, um, I don't know. There's like, imagine like if a captain of a ship came out and said the exact same thing. I mean, he, he's not as high of a level of a captain, but I mean, that's who he reported to was a captain of a ship. And so, um, he even described it in the Joe Rogan's podcast that he was like, you know, in the, in the, let's say in the element of the, 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 the battle group that he was in, there was like thousands and thousands of servicemen in the battle group that he was in. He was like, I probably reported to, I was like top 20, out of the thousand people that had like a command, like a commanding presence pretty much. And so this guy was like very up there servicemen again, same kind of background, not really like, uh, um, even when he was given the podcast, he wasn't like, you know, you could tell from his body language and everything. He wasn't like this guy that was like super into it. I mean, even to this day, he was like, you know, I don't know what I saw. I just pretty much, I'm just describing what I saw and that's it. So anyways, He's in this uh, this battle group. They're doing the training exercises. This is right before um, um, Desert Storm, before we go into Iraq, I believe. And so he's doing some training exercises off the West Coast. And the military always does training exercises. And he's uh, flying out with an, another, uh, another airman uh, or another um, F-18. So it's his F-18. So there's two people per F-18. And so there's four people total, him and his, I forget the name of the, the, the title of the person that's going to be sitting behind him, the, the weapons control person behind him, and another pilot and their weapons control um, operator. And so they're flying and all of a sudden, like the, the battleship that they're assigned to tells them, radios into them, like, hey, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, um, like, do you guys have, or like, first they ask, like, do you guys have weapons on your on your aircraft? And he's like... 
normally they would never hear stuff like this during a training exercise. So he was like, no, I don't, I don't have any weapons on my, on, on this jet. And the ship that he was on, which was the USS uh, Princeton was like, anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're picking up this unidentified object. Um, you know, not so far from here. We want you guys to go out there and investigate. And so he was like, okay, you know, we'll go out there and investigate. And so they fly out to the location. They're told like, you know, the military with precision could tell you like, you know, where an object is. So they fly out there and they're, they hover over the location where this, this object is identified, but they don't see what it is. They don't see it anywhere in the air. And, um, you know, as they're trying to look for this object, they don't see it. Until finally, I don't know if it was Commander Fravor or the other pilot said, hey, look down at the water. And so when they looked down, they were over the ocean. They were over the Pacific Ocean. Um, the Pacific Ocean wasn't, um, there were, like normally if it's very um, choppy, wavy, then it's really hard to notice any, anything on the water. But during this time period, he was claiming that the water was super flat, which is possible. I've been out in deep sea or like deep sea fishing a lot off the coast of Florida I've seen what it's like sometimes when the ocean's like super flat, there's no waves. It's pretty cool. And I've seen when it's super choppy as well. So I know what he's talking about when he says like the water was flat. And so he was like, no, out here, like on that day, the water was super flat. And so you could pretty much see everything on the ocean, anything that didn't need to be there, you could see. So like if there was like a submarine or something, you could tell. And so they looked down and and they noticed something. And this is where you're going to see the similarities between Lonnie Samora's story and their observation, they see something oval shaped, white, hovering or like hovering not too far off the water, like not like really, really close to the water. Um, but when they look at it, it's moving in such a way that, I mean, what they later claim, it, it almost defies the laws of physics, like defies any or not the laws of physics, but it defies any any capability like um any capabilities that we know of having or know of any enemy having a propulsion pretty much they described it as like imagine taking a ping pong ball and and putting it into a glass and shaking the glass and then watching this ball bounce around in this area inside the glass and that's how they described it they said that this white shaped thing was moving around erratically in a small footprint moving around really crazy and so Commander Fravor was like, uh, what the hell are we looking at? And he asked the other pilot, like, are you seeing this? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, okay. So he told the other pilot, like, hey, stay up in the air. Be like my eyes in the sky. But I'm going to get a closer look. I'm, you know, I'm intrigued. And this is what they were sent to do anyways, was to get information about what they were detecting. So he takes this jet and he takes it into like a, a bank to like fly down towards this object. When he starts to do that this object starts to then move and fly up to the sky, but not like super fast. It, it goes in the same type of, it goes counter. So like he, as a jet, you don't fly straight down. He's coming down like rotationally down to the water, right? Because if you come straight down, that's like super high of an angle of attack. You, you can, something bad could happen if he, if he's going too fast down. And so like coming down in a wide circle like that, it's a lot easier and you're able to do it a lot slower because again, he's not attacking this, this threat. He doesn't know what it is. He's just going to go see it as he's going down in this, in the circle formation going down the aircraft that he's observing 
is coming up and doing counterclockwise what he's doing. And so it's coming up and it's, it's pretty much mimicking the movement that he's doing in his jet. And so what Commander Fravor does is he's like, well, uh, and what he said in Joe Rogan's podcast was like, you know, the best way to get really close to an object that's kind of doing this kind of formation with you is to just cut straight through the middle. And so he did that. So as like when their aircraft were kind of in line with another in the same plane, instead of continuing in a circle, what he did was he cut straight through the middle and he wanted to get really close to it. And this, his jet is really fast. Well, he claims that when he did that, this thing flew right past his aircraft super fast, like almost disappeared. Um, and he was like, whoa, what the hell did we see? Like it moved in such a way that, I mean, it, it, it just accelerated so fast. I mean, there's nothing that he could have done to have caught up to it. It was gone. It, it, in the blink of an eye, it was just disappeared. And I'm summarizing all of this. By the way, you guys need to look into this. It's really awesome stuff. And, and this Commander Fravor story is verified because Airman and uh, I'm, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Anyways, he radios up to his, um, the other pilot in the sky. He asked him like, Hey, do you see anything in the air? They're like, no. And by the way, this aircraft, when it was hovering over the water, it was, there was something going on. Like it, it looked like it was like trying to gather information from the ocean almost that it was like hovering over something. And so when they looked back at the water, they, it was just, nothing was there. They were like, that was weird. They flew back to the, the battleship and on their way back to the to the USS Princeton, they got radioed in again. They were like, hey, by the way, that object that had disappeared off of radar, we want to let you know it reappeared 40 miles away again. And they were like, you know, um, like how quickly did it get there? Did you guys track it? They were like, no, it just like it disappeared off of our radar and then reappeared 40 miles away. And they were like, it happened like less than a minute after you guys claimed to have been there. And so this object was able to instantaneously travel from where they were at 40 miles away in less than a minute. And there's nothing we have with the capabilities of the maneuverability of this craft to do that kind of acceleration. There's just nothing we have. And so they were like, man, that was so weird. And so as they landed, another group of F-18s were flying out. And this group had on uh they actually had an equipment on there like an infrared uh detector on on the jets and so commander Fravor told the guys that were flying off the ship like hey you know they were they were going to go send out to to go investigate the craft now that was 40 miles away from where they were and they were like hey you know you guys like you know prepare for this like it's kind of crazy and so the airmen get there and luckily these airmen the ones that came that flew after commander Fravor to watch this object saw the object and tracked it with their infrared technology. And so there is a YouTube video and this is what continuing until the rest of this week, what we're going to be talking about. It's what got me all excited about this is that essentially that video that they caught plus two others are part of this big, big revolution to Americans that during this time period between that point up until like 2010. So like between like 2005 to 2010, Senator Harry Reid, uh, who's not a senator anymore, he was like the Senate majority leader, was a big 
supporter of the idea of UFOs. He was always fascinated by the idea. So during a budget hearing, he was able to allocate like a small amount of money. I think it was like $100 million to a program to investigate unidentified flying objects and uh, within the military. Just like, you know, if anything was reported to keep track of it. And the program was called AHIP. And so tomorrow we're going to be talking about AHIP. And we're going to be talking about these videos. But these guys, so the the... The jets that flew after Commander Fravor, they they not only saw the object, but they were able to track it with equipment and have infrared video of the object. And so, um, AHIP is 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 recording all of these unidentified flying objects. They get reported to the AHIP program. It's all maintained internal, and no one knows about the AHIP program. It's not a public uh, a public program. It was a secret program within the Air Force, and the New York Times, I think in 2000 and, I don't know, 2014, it was like, no, sorry, 2017, 2018, it was like two or three years ago, um, caught wind of this program and and uh, announced, like, I don't know how they found out this information, but they essentially caught wind of the AHIP program and they found three of these videos. And one of the videos was the videos about the guys that had saw this craft after Commander Fravor on that same day and recorded it. The New York Times releases information. Um, so, excuse me, this had to be 2016. So, 2016, they released this information. In 2018, two years later, for no reason whatsoever, they didn't have to do this, but the Pentagon declassified those same videos. And, al- and allowed them to be for public record that they are legitimate videos. And they finally came out in support of saying these are videos, concrete for sure, coming from our military that we have no explanation for. And they're part of this program. And so they came out publicly and admitted to a lot of this stuff. And so... During that time period, that's when like Joe Rogan starts to get all these people on on his podcast, like related to all this stuff. And so he doesn't get Lonnie Samora because Lonnie Samora died in two thousand nine, but he does get Commander Fravor on his on his podcast, and it's unbelievable. You really need to watch it. And if you watch that podcast, you can see the three videos as well because they they go over it. And um, it, it's unbelievable. But what? I didn't put two and two together actually until I started this week's conversation about talking because I really, when I got into this, I wanted to talk about the AHIP program. I wanted to talk about um, the excitement that I have, but also the fear of the realization of knowing that there is something out there that has technology that is able to go faster and 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 be super un, uh, like undetected by the most advanced equipment that the military has to this day. And so um, that the realization when you think about that is kind of scary because, and I, I talked about it in my intro on Monday uh, briefly. I was like, you know, essentially imagine if like someone could just come in anywhere, anytime and kidnap you and your family and no one would ever know or who did it pretty much. That's the capabilities that essentially these, these beings have, whatever they are. And I'll go into like what I think they are probably on Saturday. But so I actually didn't think about Lonnie Samora until like, like I said, I was thinking about like this week about the things I want to talk about. 
And it wasn't until like two days ago, I was like, like I'll, I'll never forget about Lonnie Samora. Like anytime, like, you know, I want to talk about like, uh, it's not actively on my mind all the time, but it's like, you know, whenever I want to talk about UFO sightings and like believable stories, I lean on Lonnie Samora's story as like the oldest one that I've heard. That's like a very believable story. And so, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the like alien, alien subjects or, or like, you know, unidentified flying objects and life outside of our, our planet stories that I want to talk about in this podcast. And I was like, Oh, Lonnie Samora should be something I talk about. And then it was just like, it hit like right there. I was like, Whoa, wait, commander Fravor described the craft that he saw oval in shape white. And again, commander Fravor didn't get close enough to this object as close as, as Lonnie did. Lonnie was like, you know, again, within like 200 yards away from this, this, this craft. And later on when it like flew, it flew towards its direction. So he could see some more details of the craft. So commander Fravor didn't get that close because by the time he tried to get close to it, it had it flown away. But from a distance, the way he had described the craft was almost identical to the way they had Lonnie Samora had described the craft that he saw. And so when I, when I, Think of the two most believable stories that I've heard from people with no physical evidence of what they saw. It's crazy when you think that both of them, their sightings aren't like your traditional UFO sightings. They don't think like it's a a super disc-shaped thing with like a little oval thing on the top as a cockpit or like, you know, like weird alien things. No, they described it almost identical. An oval-shaped object um, that was white in color. And there was no propulsion systems that they could detect that made the object move. Lonnie didn't see it do the erratic movement. Like, like he saw like, you know, it's just, it's like, it's really weird. Really. It really makes me believe the stories even more. Commander Fravor's story already was so believable that I got so excited about all of this stuff. But like two days ago when I made this realization, it was like, whoa. Like, this is for real. This is like, how do you describe an event that happened 50 years later? 50 years later, two different people from different sources, New Mexico, off the coast of the Pacific. One's a, a commander for the for the Air Force. The other is a, a, a sergeant in, in a police force for a small town in New Mexico. One's in the middle of the desert, one's in the ocean, both on the West Coast technically, but, I mean, not really related. And, I mean, even if it was our own aircraft, like our own military's aircraft, like 50 years later, I mean, if we had that kind of technology in the 60s, that's already insane. That's what makes me believe that it's not ours. It's not, like, it's not America's technology, and it's definitely for sure not the Soviets because the Soviets were the only other entity during the 60s that could have had the technology to do something like this. No other country, not a single one during that time period, had anywhere near the spectrum of of investment in, in military technology like the U.S. or the Soviet Union did. So if it wasn't those two countries, then it wasn't ours. And then 50 years later, to see the same type of craft, you would think logically that we would have improved with the technology over time. It wouldn't look the same, but it did. And so it makes you wonder, okay, what what did these guys see? Like, what is this object? So, yeah, ultimately, the two, like, when you talk about things that have no concrete evidence, except for eyewitness testimony, Commander Fravor, Lonnie Samora, 
are the two most believable people. I and again, I've I've read. I don't watch like the 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 alien like the you what is it? Uh, I forget the series on on the History Channel. So sad what happened to the History Channel like seven years ago. I used to love that channel. It used to be so full of history stuff, and now it's like all really silly, ridiculous conspiracy things. But um, I forget the name of the show. But you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you if you are interested in aliens, most people have. It's like aliens and something on, on history channel. Like I've seen all of those, like, like the first season and it was really stupid. I've read a lot of the project blue book entries. I've read a lot into like conspiracies about UFOs. I've just, I'm fascinated by the idea of like, you know, life outside of our planet. And, you know, I think if you've listened to this podcast already up to this point, you've probably gotten that, but I, and so, but all of these stories just don't seem, there seems to be something that can be explained, you know, with the explanations that are supported, or it just something's off about it. And so with these though, there isn't. It's like super believable. And it's so weird to think that both of the most believable stories that I've heard of UFO stories, the object that they noticed is almost identical. And I don't even think Commander Fravor knows about Lonnie Samora. Every time I listen, and I've listened to all of Joe Rogan's podcast with um I forget Jeremy's last name, but Jeremy's like this guy that does investigative like journalism for like this subject. And he's always coming on with like the, the subjects that talk about different UFO subjects on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. All of like every time he talks or any of his guests that talk, they never bring up Lonnie Samora. And they've talked about many different stories that they've believed, but I've never heard his name pop up. And his name is like, it's not really ever talked about ever like in the UFO community. I don't know why too, because it's like, it's definitely like one of the more believable ones, but I mean, I, I like, I need to submit this. Actually, you know, what? I, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to put a comment in that commander favorite video. And I'm going to be like, Hey, anyone recognize the similarities between this and Lonnie uh, Samora? I want to see like what people say, but, um, it's fascinating stuff. And so tomorrow we're going to talk about the program that was investigating this stuff how it came about like public or how it became publicly known, what other videos that they had caught wind of and some exciting stuff about the future of more knowledge to be, to be had by us as well as citizens of this country. And so definitely stay tuned for that. This though, this today's podcast is my favorite of this week. There's not really something I could really talk about that isn't so exciting. Like seeing the videos is, it's, it's awesome. The detail's just not there because it's infrared and, and it's just like they're so far away from the object. The object's moving so fast. They just can't get that level of detail. But the this, the, the descriptions that these people do, it's just you can envision what they're talking about and it's just insane, honestly. Um, but yeah, anyways, thank you guys for tuning into today's podcast and I will catch all of you manana. Peace. <laughs>